What's better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. Our service is going to be a little different than usual. Uh, We're going to be sharing about the wonderful things that the Lord did uh, in Kenya. Uh, It's just great to be here with you guys again and just to share how God moved. And uh, I know that people who went on this trip were just so encouraged and blessed with the amazing things that the Lord did. And we just want to encourage you guys with that and uh, bless you with it as well. And, you know, we serve a big God, uh, a big God who does big things through those who just say, here I am. Yeah, I'm available for you. I want to serve you. And he's able to work in and through us. And, uh, you know, we, we regularly read in the scriptures how God moves in powerful ways through people. But there's something special about God doing that through you as you just make yourself available to him. And, you know, that's what those of us who went on this trip saw as we just said, Lord, we're available. We're going to go. We're going to see what you're going to do. Uh, and he was just faithful to do great things in us and through us. And uh, it was a wonderful experience for all of us in that. And uh, I just want to start by saying that, you know, God also worked through those of you who were here who were praying. Uh, you know, I've been on many mission trips, and almost all of them always have some kind of major issue that transpires. And we didn't have any of that on this trip. We just had minor sickness, uh, which is typical. But, you know, no major problems. The travel was great. And when you're considering how long we went, uh, we had just you know, all these open doors, and the Lord just did a great thing. And, and I know that, you know, that comes through a lot of prayer. And so I appreciate those of you who stayed back, who prayed regularly for us. And I think you're going to hear as you hear the testimonies that God answered those prayers uh, in very powerful ways. And uh, so we're just grateful uh, that you were willing to intercede for us, and we felt that for sure. And so, um, you know, we're going to start just sharing, I'm going to share some things about the trip and just God's provision and and just kind of what we did. And then we're going to show a slideshow that you can get a visual of, you know, who we ministered to, who we ministered with, and kind of just the surroundings of that. And then we're going to finish. I'm just going to have uh, the team members who are here uh, just come up and share a testimony uh, of what God did on this trip. And so you can just kind of hear how God moved in our lives and through us, and, and hopefully through it all, you will be encouraged, which is how big of a God we serve. And so uh, I just want to start by, you know, just sharing God's provision, you know, I mean, in every way, I mean, at first, you know, the biggest thing for anybody who came to the first meeting was the provision financially, you know, $3,700. You're thinking, well, I don't have that. I'm not going to be able to come up with that. And, you know, but it was just great to see God move just starting with that, because I know for, you know, especially our group, a lot of younger people, and that was kind of a daunting number. Uh, and last year, we actually had provision a lot more quickly than we did this year. And so, you know, it was slow going and we're kind of thinking, are we going to be able to go or not? And it was just great to see how the Lord just provided financially. But, you know, that was just one way in which he provided. He did so much more than just that. I mean, when we got there, the provision was just endless in what God gave us every step of the way, every day when we needed boldness, it was there. You know, when we needed strength, uh, physically or emotionally or spiritually, it was there. When we needed just the right words to speak because we were talking with someone who had questions, you know, the Spirit of God just spoke through us and to us. And uh, when we needed an open door, the Lord opened it. And so, you know, He just provided everything. You know, and I think sometimes when you hear people share about things that happen on a mission trip, you can kind of think, well, that person is just so spiritual or whatever. But the reality is God is great. You know, it's not about us. It's about him. He's able to use anyone who's willing to say, hey, here's my life. I'm willing to be used by you. Uh, and so, you know, I encourage you with that reality. You don't have to go to Kenya to see that. You can see it here. God wants to move in you. He wants to move through you. Just make yourself available for that. But you know, our mission trip was packed full once we actually got there. 
you know, the three days journey. But uh, once we were there, I mean, every day had lots and lots of ministry. And I just want to give you an idea of what we did uh, and how the Lord worked and moved. And uh, it was very, very powerful. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be encouraged by it as well. Uh, we were blessed to start the the trip, you know, once we arrived and everything, you know, Sunday came and we were able to do uh, three different Sunday services. So we had 19 different people on our uh, team. And so we broke that team up into three teams. Uh, and we went out to three different churches that had been planted in years past, some as far as 10 years ago, some five years ago. Uh, and we just got to go and we got to encourage them. And, and we ran the whole service. So we did the teaching for the kids. We did the teaching. Uh, they had a Sunday school where they break up the the men and the women, we did that, and then the main service as well. Uh, and it was just great to be able to encourage them and, you know, just to see what God was doing as well, because you come and you plant a church and you're kind of like, well, let's hope it works, let's hope it stays. But, you know, when you get to see a church that's been there for 10 years, and that pastor's been there for 10 years, and they're still going strong, and they're still discipling, they're still encouraging, and that flock's growing, you know, that's encouraging to come. And, and some of the people on our team, they were a part of that church 10 years ago. They came on that team to start it, and it was such an encouragement to them to see the same faces, to see the pastor, to meet those people, and to see what God had been doing through that time. And so it was a, an encouraging starting point that Sunday just to get to go and fellowship and encourage and uh, just see what the Lord had been doing you know, for the past several years in those churches. But then Monday came the start of what we did on a daily basis. We had four main areas of ministry each and every day from Monday to Saturday, uh, that we were doing. We had house-to-house evangelism. We had evangelism and testimonies in prisons. We had evangelism and testimonies in schools. And then each night we finished with a crusade where we had testimonies and evangelism and stuff for the kids. And so, you know, we did house-to-house evangelism in this village called Nango. Uh, they were very, very open. They were very receptive. You come and they would, you know, welcome you into their home. And, you know, it's just so different than here, the openness to the gospel and, you know, the excitement for, you know, you come and you just share, hey, has anyone ever shown you from the Bible how you can know if you die, you'll go to heaven and be like, no one's never shown me. I would love to hear that. Please show me from the Bible how I can know I can go to heaven. And so, you know, we just share the gospel with them. uh, And there was such a wonderful reception to that. On average, we had about 91 people each day in homes except Christ. You know, it's just amazing the reception uh, that we had. And so you add that up and through our time, you know, each home, when someone accepts Christ, we would write down their name, their address, their contact details so that the pastor who is now there could follow up uh, and come and minister to them and share with them. And so we have all those names. We can count those up. These aren't guesses. We had 551 people in that week span of time give their lives to the Lord. And that's just in our house-to-house ministry. I mean, if that's all we did, what an amazing thing to see 551 people put their trust in Christ. But that was just through one aspect of what we did on that. And, you know, that was just uh, so encouraging to see the reception and what the Lord did. And so encouraging to see that there's now a church there preaching the word of God and a pastor now who can go and follow up and encourage these people in their relationship with the Lord. Uh, we also had a prison tree uh, that drove out to a prison each day. We went to some maximum security prisons. We went to some medium security prisons. We had five men's prisons and three women's prisons that we attended during our trip. Uh, we had the privilege of sharing our testimonies uh, and sharing the gospel. Sometimes you'd have 50 prisoners. Sometimes you'd have several hundred prisoners just there listening uh, to what we had to share. Uh, and we had around 460 prisoners give their life to Christ. And so, you know, that's kind of a, we're looking at hands and trying to get as good of an estimate as we could. But that's from what we saw, uh, people raising their hands to put their trust in Christ. You know, just, it was so encouraging. You go to a place like a prison, you don't know if they're going to just be super hard uh, or if they're going to be open, but, you know, they're hopeless. Especially you come into these maximum security prisons, most of them are life sentences. They're never getting out. You know, and, you know, they hear the hope of what Christ can do for them. They hear that there could be a change in their life, that there is an eternity that's waiting for them, that they can escape the judgment of God if they put their trust in Christ. And, you know, it's just great to see you talk and these hardened faces is kind of, you know, all of a sudden you see this change in their countenance and this willingness to say, you know what, I want what Jesus Christ offers. And it was so encouraging to see so many prisoners put their trust in the Lord. We also did 
evangelism at schools. Um, we had several schools each day. We went to 12 schools total, uh, some high schools, some elementary schools. And, you know, it was, this is like the most fertile ground. We went to Uganda last year as well. We just saw so many young people open to the gospel. Statistically, anywhere you go, that's the age range where people are most receptive. But there, it was just great. And, and it was such a joy to share at these schools, which is very different than to where our schools have come now. You know, there's two things in that school that happen and exist that really doesn't in ours anymore. First, God is allowed and God is promoted, uh, which unfortunately has been removed from our school system. But the other thing is discipline is something that is common. And I couldn't fathom this in our culture, but you have kindergartners sitting on the ground outside in the sun for over an hour without moving or speaking. And I was just like, Whoa, you know, it was amazing. But also like intently looking like I want to hear what you have to say. And, you know, just it's great to see that, you know, most of the teachers there were so happy for the word of God and the gospel to go out and for God to be at the center of the school, which is sadly lost here. And let us pray that we could get God back in our schools. But, um, you know, there was a wonderful response. And we had an average of about 240 young people every day that we went into schools put their trust in Christ. And so throughout the whole week, we had around 1,200 young people accept the gospel through the school and the outreach each week. And it's just, you know, so wonderful. I mean, these, these numbers are kind of mind-boggling when we think of how hard it is here in comparison. But, you know, it was just so great to see uh, how God just moved in powerful ways there. You know, we finish each day with an evening crusade. It was um, last year in Uganda, we actually did it at the church site. This year, we did it right in the heart of the city. So where all the people are buying and selling right in Nongo, that's where it was. And so people are driving by and they're just seeing people worship. They're seeing, you know, people dancing. They're hearing testimonies and the gospel going out. And so it was a great location, kind of just right in the heart of everything. And so we had stuff for adults. We had stuff for kids. We kind of broke it up. Uh, and so for the adults, we did, you know, for everyone, we started off with lots of, you know, worship. And their worship is different than our worship. Our worship is much more subdued. Uh, they love to dance, and there's a lot of dancing, and a lot of the songs are very upbeat. Uh, and so people would get out and dance and praise the Lord. Uh, and then it would break, and we would have the kids go to another area where we would come, and we'd do more songs and games and Bible lessons for the kids. Uh, and then for the adults, we had testimonies, uh, and then we had the gospel presented every night. Uh, and the majority of people who were coming to this were people who already heard and accept the gospel. I mean, it's from people from the village that we went home to home sharing the gospel with. They decided, hey, I'm going to come out. We would tell them, we're going to have a crusade each night. Come on out. We'd love to see you. So, you know, a lot of the people had already accepted Christ. And, you know, for many of them, this is their first experience of anything with Christians, you know, and seeing the worship of God and hearing testimonies. And, you know, oftentimes we think of a crusade only for, you know, reaching people with the gospel, which is definitely part of what we are seeking to do. But it was also an encouragement to those who just accepted Christ. I talked with several people who were just so encouraged by hearing the testimony of how God can change a life because they accept Christ and they wonder, you know, yeah, I put my trust in Jesus, but can God ever really use me or change me? I mean, look at my past, look what I've done. And then someone stands up and shares of the past very similar to theirs and, you know, how they were involved in the different addictions or different struggles or whatever and how God just delivered them and used them, you know, and they were so encouraged of like, that's something I can look forward to. That's something that could be me in the future. Uh, and so it was kind of a dual thing of getting the gospel out to non-believers and just encouraging those who have just placed their trust in the Lord. Uh, and through that, you know, crusade time, we had about 10 adults and 40 kids give their lives to Christ during that. So about 50 people in total there. Uh, and it was just really encouraging to see how God moved. And, you know, and I was blessed just to get to hear, you know, many of the people on the trip, you know, we worked with another church, so I didn't know their testimonies. And just to hear, you know, how God had been moving in their lives and changed their lives was an encouragement to me as well. But uh, we also did, you know, add to this week, you know, we put in three conferences. So we're doing this stuff every day. Uh, and then with this, we had three conferences that we did. Uh, we did on Tuesday, uh, all day women's conference. And so we had five of our older, more mature ladies go and run that uh, and do teaching. They did teaching through uh, Proverbs 31 and some other teachings on uh, just being a godly woman and wife and hus uh, um, mother. And, you know, there was about 120 ladies that came out to that conference. And they said that uh, seven ladies put their trust in Christ. And so 
you know, that was encouraging as well. But, you know, most of these ladies were already believers just coming to get encouraged, coming to get blessed, and, you know, just great fellowship. And it was just a wonderful time to encourage those who already knew the Lord and just wanted to go deeper in that. Wednesday, uh, we did an all-day men's conference. We had three of our men come and run that and do the teaching for that. And uh, there's about 75 men who came to that. Uh, and, you know, a couple of men put their trust, I think it was four, uh, in the gospel there as well. And so, you know, they did a teaching through Ephesians 5, dealing with husbands and fathers and employee-employer relationships. They also did a teaching on how to effectively share the gospel. And they said um, that went very well. And so that was another way that we could encourage, you know, the believers there. Uh, on Friday, myself and the six younger people on our team uh, did a youth conference uh, we had about 650 high school students there. Uh, and, you know, things change a lot with this. Most of the other conferences, they kind of ran how we planned them. You know, I had the responsibility of planning this, and I had it all planned. And then we get there, and uh, the gentleman, a pastor named Mike, who's over there, he has the schools, and he does a great job with them. And, you know, so he had some other things planned. And so we worked together to get a new plan for, all right, here's how we're going to do it. Everything's great. It was supposed to be on Saturday. And then we find out that, you know, there's this, you know, holiday that the Muslims have over there that is based off of the moon. And so they can't know for sure which day it's going to be. Well, it fell on the Saturday, so they couldn't do anything. So we changed it to Friday. We had to find a new school to put it in. Lots of things changed. But at the end of the day, we said, okay, we got from one o'clock to six o'clock to do this. We can work it. It'll be great. So we're preparing that Friday morning. We're getting ready as a team for that. Uh, and then Mike comes in, it's like nine in the morning and says, hey, you know, the third and fourth year, so that's like junior seniors in high school, they get done with their tests at 11. So you guys can come minister to them from 11 to 1 if you'd like. And, you know, there's a lot of issues that they're struggling with, with sexual purity and addiction to, you know, drugs and alcohol and things. So you think you guys could just come separate guys and girls and, and minister to them? We're like, yeah, we could do that. Well, good. We're going to leave in like 20 minutes. So you guys get ready. Uh, so, you know, we're just kind of last minute preparing. What are we going to say? How are we going to do this? Uh, and this is another way that the Lord just provided uh, and worked. And, you know, we just went trusting him and we broke up with the men and the women. And we just got to encourage them, you know, in those areas, especially of sexual purity and addiction that they were struggling with and shared some testimonies and to share some biblical truth for them. Uh, and then we had over an hour of question answer time with the guys and with the girls. Uh, and, you know, they asked some great questions, some deep questions. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was a great time just to kind of be there and answer that. And, you know, I was probably about 30 minutes in, I get a tap on the shoulder saying, hey, the people behind you are complaining that you're not calling on them. But I didn't realize, you know, we had the third and fourth. So juniors and seniors were in front of us, you know, over 100 guys. But the other ones had finished their test. And so they had made a circle around us. We had a couple hundred behind us. And I didn't even know they were behind us. So I stand up and like, oh, you know, you're here as well. So we had all these people just asking questions. And so, you know, each group had like 300 plus, you know, students with them. And, you know, lots of deep, lots of personal questions. Uh, and it was just a great time to, to answer them. And it was also sad to see some of the questions that they would pose, which showed how little biblical understanding they had or how poor teaching they had at some point in time in their life. Like one guy's like, well, since adultery is a sin that can't be pardoned by God and you're damned to hell, what do you do if you commit it? And it's like, well, first of all, that's not true. Uh, so, you know, you just kind of see some of these things. And, you know, I, I shared a little bit about Joseph and, you know, how he fled from Potiphar, just talking about sexual purity. And some guy, seriously, I was about to laugh, but I couldn't because it was a serious question. So he's like, so if there's a woman like Potiphar's wife and she's trying to force you to do that, should you beat her? And I was like, so are you asking me to avoid sin? Should I sin? Because uh, beating her would be a sin. But he was all sincerity, like, that's what we should do to stop her. And I was like, no, no. But uh, they had some great questions. Afterwards, I mean, they were still asking it. We provided lunch. Uh, and so, you know, I was like, okay, it's time to eat, but I'll make myself available for lunchtime, which is about an hour if you want. I didn't eat lunch. You know, then they started asking the real personal one-on-one -on -one questions. And it's just, you know, they were hungry. And it was great to just be able to share with them and encourage them. And then after lunch is when we started what we had planned. Uh, and so myself, uh, well, we started actually with a little bit of worship that we did, uh, which is very different than theirs. And then we did a drama, uh, an evangelistic drama. Uh, afterwards, Hannah, who you'll get to meet soon, uh, she shared the gospel. Uh, and we had, you know, a good amount of them 
put their trust in Christ after that, which was wonderful. Uh, and then myself and uh, Philip and Manny all did a teaching. And so this was a great stretching thing for Philip and Manny. They did a great job. Uh, and so, you know, the Lord worked in that. And uh, Erica was able to give a testimony. And, you know, we wanted to stay. They wanted us to stay. But a lot of them had to travel far to go home. And so, you know, we all had to go. But it was just great to see what the Lord did. Uh, and just, you know, being able to encourage those who are already believers and see many of them come to know Christ in that as well. Uh, and so that was a real special time for us. On Saturday, our entire team got to go house to house because the conferences were done, the prisons were done, the schools were done. And so all 19 of us went, uh, and we went to this village. It was about a, a mile from where that church was located, but it was right on the water, right on Lake Victoria. And it was very picturesque, as you can see from the pictures. But, you know, I went down actually to the water with fishermen coming in. Uh, and it was just, you know, you're reminded of the Sea of Galilee and Jesus and the disciples ministering to fishermen. And I actually had a conversation with some who didn't catch anything, and they were all upset, and they didn't want to, you know, when I asked, hey, has anyone ever shown you from the Bible how you can know you can go to heaven? And then it was like, I don't want to hear any of that. Uh, so I said, like, can I tell you a fishing story? Okay. You know, so I told the story about Jesus and the disciples not catching fish and then sending them out and casting the net on the other side. And then they were, you know, willing to listen to the gospel. But, you know, it was a great time uh, just sharing. And we actually probably talked to everybody. I know we went to every home, you know, with 19 of us with 19 translators with us. We kind of an army of people going through this village. Uh, and, you know, many, many people there put their trust in Christ. And it was just uh, great to see. And then on Sunday was kind of the culmination of the trip. Uh, we had the privilege of having the very first church service uh, and the dedication of that service to the Lord. Uh, and so this was just a wonderful thing. You know, Grace Community Church, you know, purchased the land. The building was just finished. So there's a church building that was built, a pastor's home that was built, the land that's theirs now. Uh, and then that Sunday was the very first Sunday that they had a service. Uh, and it's very different than our service. It runs for about five hours. So if you ever complain about the length of our service, we got nothing on them. But uh, there was a lot that, you know, we were involved in the majority of it. You know, we had the children's ministry. We did the Sunday school for the men and women. We did part of the main teaching. We actually even did our drama and some worship in that as well. Um, and then Pastor Morris, who oversees all these church plants, uh, he came and gave, you know, just uh, a challenge to the new pastor. His name's Stephen, his wife, Nancy, just as they're now taking over this new role. Um, and then, you know, at the end of it, we got to just pray for them, uh, which was a wonderful thing, uh, and just dedicate the service uh, and this new church to the Lord. And, you know, the people who came were the people, as you can see at the bottom there, it was packed full of the faces of the people that the whole week we went through the village, shared the gospel, those people who accepted Christ, you know, they came out and, you know, very first Sunday, hundreds of people, you know, there to worship the Lord. And it was just a, a great thing. And uh, the gospel went out during that service as well. And even more people put their trust in Christ. And so uh, throughout the trip, we were blessed to do ministry with some Amazing brothers and sisters in Christ from, you know, just different places throughout Africa. Some traveled very far, pastors, you know, deacons, elders, you know, different people with different ministry roles in different churches just came to translate for us, to minister with us. And, you know, we have a team of 19, and basically they had a team of about 50 in order to make it possible for us to do everything from transportation to translation to food to all these things that happened. So there's a huge amount that they did on their end to make this possible, we left and literally we, Sunday, we're done. Monday, we're starting to travel again. Sunday night, another team was showing up. Monday morning, when we're starting to travel, they're taking people to prisons, to schools. They just keep going. They didn't miss a beat uh, and we're gone. And it's just, you know, I'm very impressed with, you know, just what they're doing on their end to minister to the people there. But um, it was a huge blessing just to serve the Lord with them. They had such a love for us a love for the lost, and it's just great, you know, go to a different culture, and you realize, you know what, we have the most important thing in common, you know, we don't have to worry about the politics, we don't have to worry about the different culture, it's like, we have Jesus, a love for Jesus, a love for the lost, that draws us so knit together, and it was just wonderful to minister with them, and be encouraged by them, and hopefully to encourage them, but during this trip, we saw over 2,200 people put their trust in Christ, you know, last year we went to Uganda, we saw 1,800 people put their trust in Christ. And honestly, when we 
we're planning this trip. I'm like, you know, is the Lord able to do more than that? I mean, that was just so amazing last year. And, you know, amazingly enough, even more people came to know Christ. And so uh, the amount still blows my mind. But um, it reminds me of Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, sometimes we don't believe this. You know, can God do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, what we think? And this was a challenge for me. Like last year, I didn't have much expectations in going to Africa. It was my first time in Africa. This year, I had lots of expectations because I saw what God did. And now I was thinking, right, he's going to do something great. But how great? Will he really do something greater than what I anticipate? And he did. You know, and it was just an amazing thing of realizing, you know what, God, you know, and I say all those who were praying, you know, the Lord did exceedingly abundantly beyond what we asked or think. And it's not like he just does that in Kenya. You know, what I want to encourage all of this is God wants to continue to show his vastness, to show his power, to move everywhere that we are uh, for us just to make ourselves available to him. It's not because our team was special and able that God did great things. It was just we were available. God's the one who's special. God's the one who's able, and he's able to work through anyone who makes himself available to him. And he wants to work here just as much as he wants to work in Kenya. Well, I want you guys to get a visual. I've shared lots of things, and maybe it's kind of hard for them. those of you who went to Kenya. You have ideas of what it looks like. But um, Philip graciously put together a slideshow. And so we're going to turn off the lights and we're going to let you guys see some of what the Lord did. And then afterwards, I'm going to call up um, people to share specifically what the Lord did. So here we go. A thousand roads, a thousand ways. And why am I so afraid to move? I crossed the line. I'm stepping out, so come what may, I give it all, cause I'm drawn to you. As long as my heart is beating, where you lead me, I will follow. Where you lead me, I give my life away. Where you lead follow forever and a day forever and a Turn away Cause deep inside 
hear the song of creation The wind and the rhythm of the rain Oh, the thunder, it speaks of your power But there's something in the sound of the saints I've been washed in the roar of the ocean Found peace in the echoes of a cave And the trees of the field, they clap their hands But there's something in the sound of the saints From the lips of those you saved A redemption song will rise With the sound so full it cracks the sky On the lips of those you saved A redemption song will rise Every tongue, every tribe Hear the church, your bride Whoa. So now who to choose to go first? They'll be most emotional. Erica, you laughed. Why don't you come on up? imperfect people. Um, that was so good. Um, I, I'm going to read mostly from a devotional that I did when, when the week that we were there, because I feel like it just wraps up so much of um, just what the Lord taught me. And so, um, so I was, I remember w w the first time I was going to the field, I was like about to throw up. I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I was like, I'm about to ask someone, you know, like it was just, I was having a breakdown <laughs> on the bus going over there. So, um, I don't, you know, the really, the Lord really told me to go to Matthew 28, of course, the Great Commission, that's why we all went to the command, but, you know, just the last sentence at the very end is what I just clung to while I was walking to um, the house, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age, and so that just, like, I just, I, like, was like, ah, God, and so I liked the passage, well, for me, kind of, like, breaks down in two parts, so there's a command, you know, go, and make disciples of all nations, and then there's a promise, and he's going to be with us 
um, the whole time. And I just love that he, he kind of throws that in there just for our peace of heart. You know, he didn't have to. Just a command alone would have been enough for us to go and, you know, share the gospel. And I love that he just throws that in there. And he doesn't say, I might be there with you or I'll try to be there. So, no, I will be with you to the end of age. And so um, it just reminded me of... Moses and God in Exodus when Moses asked God, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God's response is continually, I will be with you. I am who I am. And I love that God's response wasn't, you can do it, Moses, believe in yourself. But it was no, God's continual response was to remind Moses of who God was and to rest on that. <clears throat> so that was really great. And then just tying it up, I, I love that our verse for like the whole team, was Exodus 4.12. And it is, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Again, you see the commandment, go. We see the promise, and I will be with you. And so the Lord just proved himself so, so faithful in that, of course, just um with being nervous or like with the youth conference, like things being thrown together, and we're like, Lord, please let your hand be on this. And um, of course it was. So that was pretty amazing. Um, so the first time that I did field and I actually went to a men's prison, which I was super nervous about the, um, that morning. I didn't eat my breakfast cause I was so nervous. And, um, I was like, how on earth is my life going to relate to these imprisoned men in Kenya? This isn't even like, they're not even going to pay attention to me. And, um, but of course the Lord just used it so powerfully. And I was able to speak, um, in of like just past depression and that, you know, our reasons and our paths may be different, but, you know, depression is real. And just being able to tell them that, you know, they're so valuable to God and that God has not forgotten them. And that's why we're there. So that was just so amazing. So, yeah, just definitely the Lord's faithfulness um, and just the Lord's mightiness and our weakness just stood out to me so much. And so before I keep before I start crying, I'm going to close on that. So it was just so good to see. Um, so much that we could do, but it's not because we're special or we're so awesome, but it was just God. It was all God um, speaking through us the whole time we were there. So it was great. And I give all the glory to God and not to anything that we could have done. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this trip, it was amazing. For me, last year, it was my first time a lot of things. Just first time out of the country, first time going to Kenya, going on a mission trip, sharing the gospel, sharing my testimony. Just first time for everything. So when I went last year, I was in a total dependence of like, God, you have to do all of this for me because I can't do any of it. But this year before I came, I had a little bit more overconfidence in myself and my abilities because like now it's my second time doing it. I've shared the gospel before. I've shared my testimony before. I've done all these things. So it'd be easier. And so... <laughs> Just in my thought, I was, like, I was thinking of this movie. It was, it's the Up, you know, Disney movie. It's the little kid. He's running. He gets to a crack in the road, and then he jumps over. He's like, ah, he jumps the Grand Canyon. He gets to a stump, and he goes, ah, he leaps over Mount Everest. And then he gets stuck on the lump, and he's like, he goes around Mount Everest. It's like, is there anything he cannot do? And I, that was just my thoughts the whole time. I was like, I, I got over the crack, and I was like, whew. I just jumped over the Grand Canyon, but then I got to the mountain, and it was just like, Woo! Go around it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, he really just showed me when I got there, it's like, <laughs> I, I still need his help because before the trip came, I was told I had to do a, one of the sermons for the youth conference. Like, okay, it's just one sermon I can do. That's pretty easy. And then he called, Matt calls me like a couple days later. He's like, all right, so they had the, you can do the youth sermon for the youth conference, but we're also going to need you to do one for the crusade. I was like, okay, two sermons. I can still do this. I'll be okay. So, but I really just had to rely on God and just what, he did through me. It's like it wasn't my words I was speaking up there. Uh, but with the crusade message, it was really cool. So I, I'm usually not as nervous for these things. I've spoken in front of people before. But with the crusade, just before it, I was, I was pretty nervous. And I, just, I wanted to go up there without any nerves so I could just speak what God wanted me to say. And so just before then, while they were worshiping, I just came to God and just prayed to him. Just, you know, just take all this anxiety that I have right now just to go up there to take it away. And it was really cool because right after I finished the prayer, God, he just put thoughts in my mind, like not audibly speaking, but the first thing he put in my mind to, he asked me, he's like, how proud do you think your older brother would be of you right now? And so me, my older brother, he died when I was eight years old. And so that really shook me. Like it almost brought me to tears right there. 
And then he put another question in mind. He's like, how proud do you think I am of you? And that just, that did it right there. And so just all my nerves were gone at that point. I was like, it was good. Like, just God got me here. Like, how proud is he that I'm here doing his work? And it was just really cool because the people there, I always love them. One house I went to one time when I was doing house to house, it were these two ladies. And uh, they were telling me after they, they both had accepted the gospel. But afterwards, they're asking for prayer. So they're talking with my translator, telling me what they need to pray for. And there were, the one woman, she... On the property, the man of the house was not taking care of it. He wasn't there at all. I believe he was a drunkard. Um, and so she was just asking that she could be for prayer for release from the bondage that she was under. And so he did this and went through all the prayers. One of them needed healing. But then at the end, the one lady who was asking for just release from the bondage that she was under, just all the, I mean, she's carrying the farm that they're on and she's just doing all the work. She went back and she grabbed some money and she gave it to the translator and she told her to buy me a soda. Like, of all this, like, they, they, I should be giving them the money. Like, I don't need any of this, but they, they don't care. They, they want to make you feel welcome. They just, they love every bit of it. Every single person being there, they're amazed that we would come just to share with them. And it's just a really cool opportunity to see that, just to see their love for uh, God and just the acceptance of God for that. So, thank you. I just want to say American filming is definitely taken for granted. <laughs> no, it was it was amazing. It was my very first time out of the country and on a mission trip at all. And God was able to use me. I never thought that I would be going anywhere. You know, I was just like, oh, no, I told my whole life, no, you can't do anything. You'll never amount to anything. You know, you had a kid at 16. What are you going to do? But then God had other plans for me. He sent me overseas, and I mean, just the field that we did, I think I was in the field four days, and each person I spoke to prayed with me to accept Christ, and over half of them were Catholic, so, you know, they thought they were getting there by works, and I was able to tell them that's not how you go to heaven, and so they were just so accepting, and they were so welcoming, and one little girl tried to give me her corn husk doll, and that's all she had, and I was like, honey, you don't have anything, you keep that, and then I gave her track and she was like overexcited about pieces of paper and it was just great seeing the joy on their faces is unlike the joy I mean is unlike faces over here you just you can't imagine until you get there what it's going to be like and I think the last time it was the last day we were in the field I shared with a fisherman and then at the end he accepted Christ and said can you tell me a story about a fisherman in the Bible? And I was like, okay. And then so I did when Jesus calmed the storm when he was with his disciples out in the sea. And he was just amazed by that. And he was like, oh, I wish God would do that for me. And I said, pray, he'll do it for you. You know, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And that verse was really what got me through that whole week. Anytime that I had any thoughts that were like, oh, I don't know if I can do, do this. I might fumble, but then no, I can do anything through the Lord. And I think my favorite day, a lot of us who went to the youth conference, it was our favorite day. And just to see all these kids just like sitting on the edge of their seat, just waiting for the next words that are going to come out of our mouths. And, oh, God, you just you get goosebumps just thinking about it because they are so happy that you're there. And just like Pastor Matt said, we didn't want to leave. They didn't want us to leave. And it was just fantastic. And then we did that little skit and – we all did just such an amazing job with that and got to perform it again at the church dedication. It brought a lot of women specifically to tears. I don't know, women cry, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was just so wonderful. And I'm just so blessed that God got, to, God got to use me. And the last thing I'll say is that in the youth conference, um, the boys were just raising their hands and asking questions. But the girls, they were a little more shy, so they wrote down their questions on pieces of paper. And one of them, they handed it to me specifically because, you know, I'd given my testimony. And it said, what do you do when you have a baby and society rejects you? How can God love you? And I just broke down in tears. And I said, God loves you and God loves that baby. He's a blessing. And I just got to speak. I prayed that God would be able to use me and my story. And he did. 
So God hears all of your requests, and I'm sorry. I'm just going to stop now. I'm just going to say thank you to all of you who I was with. Y'all were an amazing team. Y'all made it very special. So thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, this is my second time going uh, to Africa. And before I talk about the trip, I want to talk about before the trip. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually going to go um, attending Bible college. And I wasn't for sure if I should go on this trip. I didn't think I was going to get emotional. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't for sure if I should go because... You know, I didn't have, like, a very strong calling as I did last year. And, you know, I got, I was thinking, like, you know, why should why, why shouldn't I go? If money is the only thing keeping me, then I should go. So, you know, the Lord provided. There was no way that I was going to come up with this money because I needed to save most of it for college. And he literally provided all of it. This trip has shown me that God is just so great. And he, he uses us. He used this team. He put this team together. Like, it's just so amazing. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I was doubting, you know, whether I should go or not. But, you know, as soon as I got there, I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> because the people there are just so great. Like, they're just so joyful and kind. And they have, when you speak to them, they have much respect for the word. And it's just, you know, something that you don't come across as often. Was here in America, um, and our first day, like there, uh, Paul, um, one of the leaders, he gave us uh, like a devotion on just unity, and he really unified this team, you know, through his love and through his grace. Uh, it's just, it was just so amazing because you know, this was three churches coming together. The majority were coming from grace, but he like knitted us together, and at, and at the end, it felt like we were a family. It was just so great. And actually, at the hotel, there was this, uh, another American there, which is once you see white people, you know, in Africa, it's like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you're just seeing, like, mostly, like, dark color people. And uh, it was, like, the third day that we seen her, and one of our uh, teammates were, like, speaking to her, and she was crying because she was feeling homesick. And she came and introduced us. Uh, like, most of the youth were sitting at this one table, and she came to sit with us. And it was just... um awesome because you know she I think that was a Saturday so the next day was Sunday and she actually came with us to the Sunday devotion um but on the way there I got to share with her just a little bit of you know you know that you're a sinner and that your sin deserves to be punished and you know things of that nature but she she didn't put her trust in Christ but uh, I was also sharing with her like you know like this team like we don't all like know each other like we come from different churches, and if we came with using our own strength, we would not be, um, you know, we would have bitter uh, or hatred toward one another. But, you know, through Christ, you know, he gives us this love and just this unity that, you know, that you don't just don't see. And she, you know, I told her, like, we're able to show love toward you because, you know, it's Christ who gave us, you know, this power. And she, like, said, like, yes, like, I see it. Like, she just felt the presence of, like, we just, like, literally adopted her as a family. And she came to this to the Sunday devotion, which was amazing. Um, but the, the one of the days that stood out to me the most were um, Tuesdays, which was the second day there. And it was actually the day that I was supposed to give my sermon. <laughs> so the day prior, I was, like, nervous about it. But you know, Matthew, uh, he did a devotion on just... Um, being anxious, being anxious and nothing, and just casting your burdens on the Lord, and uh, like on the bus, I mean on the yeah, the little van going over there. Like I just came to the Lord and I asked for Him, you know, just to take away this anxiety and just you know, I, I just gave Him just all that day, and in doing so, I see a very very fruitful day. I get I got to spoke with over like thirty people in one day, and twenty seven of them put their trust in Christ. So it's just so amazing um the the majority of them were men too which is just awesome because you know the households 
you know, their household and men so they could lead their, their wives and their children to Christ. And uh, just giving my sermon as well, like, I was, like, not nervous. Like, I was, like, just a little bit, but, you know, I came to God in prayer when that, you know, anxiety came up, and then he just literally just calmed me. And sharing um, my sermon, it was about the woman in the well and just uh, how she was seeking fulfillment in a relationship, and I was comparing that um, to my own life and how I was seeking fulfillment through drugs and alcohol. And uh, God, you know, really used it. Um, it was just so amazing. Like I said before, you know, this is my second time going and coming, you know, to Africa again. I had, I was a little bit confident, but as soon as I got there too, I was also like, God was showing me like, this is a different mission trip. You know, you have your own expectations, but you know, anything, you know, which come with now, you need to just cast that aside because this is a whole new uh, experience. And, you know, when you go, you, you might be prepared or you may come in fear, but the Lord automatically just throws that aside and just um, just humbles you because, you know, you, you come, you know, either prepared or in fear. And he just shows you that you can't rely on your own strength. If you do that, you're going to fumble and you just need to put all your strength in him. And that's something that really stuck out to me the trip prior and this trip, um, just completely putting your trust in the Lord, like even now, like, you know, it's, it sounds easy, but you know, you have to do that when you're over there. Like one of the, one of the days, uh, Matthew, like gave me a, a two day, like notice, but I was supposed to go to, or I was supposed to lead, um, uh, school. And I was like super nervous the night before. Cause I was like, how am I going to like talk to like little kids, <laughs> like lowered it down, but God, you know, used me and, you know, I was like staying up and then Matthew came up, came and just shared with me and I just, you know, gave it all to the Lord once again and just woke up and just wrote down 